0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of in the Sales podcast. I hope you're all well who's listening. Tonight, I'm joined by John, Francis, Anthony and Ross. How are you all?
1: Good, mate. Thanks. Good, mate. Roller all of getting yeah, there
0: good. now. I think we're all recovering after, after that match. That This is recorded straight after the Alphabar game, where we lost 2-1, but we qualified 3-2 for the Europa League group stages, and I think we're all pretty buzzing about that. But in the game itself, I mean kind of the the two goals were suspect joe hart made a mistake and car Starfelt took his eye off the ball and hit, hit the ball hit his healing coincidentally within the back of the net But it just looks like a shambles all around defensively at the moment i mean for me in my opinion i think this game showed the level we are at in a defensive side of thing in the squad i mean ralston didn't look how he looked the previous games greg taylor got took off unfortunately with a shoulder injury hope it's not too serious star again for me he's suspect he, he doesn't look composed he doesn't look relaxed he just always looks like he's panicking and welsh to be fair played okay a couple of major blocks that he made i think in the the start of the second half he blocked three chances in a row which was fantastic and montgomery who came on to replace taylor played a good game as well but come to yourself anthony first what was your
2: opinion of the game uh, well, I'm just about getting my breath back, Stephen, and it's uh, nothing to do with my positive COVID case. It was uh, a, a bit of a stressful night, to say the least. Um, but, listen, I think we got off to the absolute perfect start and we thought, you know, here's a chance we could really go in. in uh, but I think there's just, you know, it's the old saying, goals change games, but it, not only with the fact that we concede quite early on, straight after uh, going in front, but obviously the, the injury to Taylor really kind of, changed the, the sort of flow and sort of psychology of the game as well. Um, all of those sort of incidents happening quite quickly after going ahead and it kind of brought the the sort of bad habits back into our play. Um, it's two horrendous, horrendous in, uh, individual errors that have cost two goals uh, and to give them real impetus to get back in the game. And we really, you know, were on the back foot for large, large parts of the match. But having said that, I think I do think you do have to give some credit where it's due. I think the some of the even, especially including some of the players who made errors during that uh, during those moments, did rally, and I think they they did sort of you know they really put in some some brave. Time. I mean, I thought Adam Montgomery especially was. A, a real he had a real good yeah. game when he came on. Uh, I think that the two centre halves, yes, and, and yeah, I think Starfelt had a, a, a few hairy moments. I must admit, but I, I do think after the mistakes and Joe Hart as well, uh, he, had, he had a couple of fantastic stops. So that takes bravery. That takes a bit of courage. Um, I think our fight, Funnily enough, I actually, think her decision making in the final third uh, left a wee bit to be desired. I was getting awfully frustrated as the as the game was going on. It just, you know, with a lot of chances to play a pass wide right or wide left and we were trying to be too cute through the middle. Um but taking all that into account, the, the long and short of it is it doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you do And the fact remains as well as AZ played and as well as they sort of rallied and tried to, to bring it back and you've got to give them credit for that, they're in the conference draw tomorrow and we're in the Europa League drop and that's really all you can say about it so delighted uh, that although uh, yeah tonight's ended in a defeat but we go through uh, with an aggregate victory uh, the Angie Express rolls on
0: Yeah I mean granted as well it's a fantastic achievement I mean we all wanted the Champions League but again we were realistic about that can let that go and the Europa League group stage is, is a fantastic achievement for this team from what we were to what we are now and what we could become in the future but come to yourself John I think Anthony made a great point in terms of the attacking play as well there was a couple of moments, as as Anthony said, there, Christie could have played it left, it could have been played right to Abada. And the people could, I say Abada, but I'm correcting that tonight. But um, <laughs> I, f- I think, looking at it, from my point of view, defensively, we were bad. I'll be honest about that. Going forward, as Anthony said, there, there was a bit lack of decision-making. What did you take away from that game? Do you think that was like the level we need to aspire to? I know we beat Altmore in the previous leg, but tonight... We put ourselves under the course, and to be honest it was back to the old Celtic way where we were just panicking throughout that game I thought anyway.
1: Yeah I mean Anthony pretty much summed it up but for me it, it it does sort of show where we sort of are at the moment and defensively it's still an issue um, and I know that, that, that I mean we, we were chatting about it throughout the course of the game as well but we, we should be looking at getting another centre half in it's certainly still an area, I think, that we need strengthening. Um, it's a matter of days now before the window shuts. So it's it's highly unlikely, uh, given that we're now coming into the weekend, that that's probably going to happen. But what tonight did show for me is that the defensive side of things is still a bit off the mark. Um, Attacking-wise, we know how good we can be. Um, we just seem to be on the back foot for most of the game, as Anthony said uh we did make there was two absolutely shocking defensive errors Um i don't think it's just Hart was to blame for the first goal i think welsh was kind of caught ball watching as well um and it should have been made, made more aware of where his man was i don't know what the hell staff felt was trying to do at and like that when he should have just been trying to get of it. but these things happen um and like i said we were lucky enough that we got the early goal in the game uh, and that we had the two-goal lead for the first leg. Uh, as as say, we're, the, we're the ones now going into the Europa League game tomorrow, but the, the level of competition we're going to be facing in the Europa League uh, is probably going to be above Alkmaar. So we need to make sure that we sort of th- those defensive sort of issues still need to be sort of stifled. But as Anthony also says, I mean, barring those errors, we we weathered the storm um, relatively well. There's a lot of brave tackles, the guys. Um, even for the mistakes, still done what they needed to do at times when, they were, when it was required in them. Heart made some incredible saves as well when it was needed. Uh, and I think although no our best performance, especially in recent games, uh, it's it certainly, you, you can still see that it's a progressive thing and we're still sort of finding our feet in that respect. Um, but I, I think that We've still got a ways to go. Uh, I will say, though, um, I don't know whether you guys agree, but for me, the worst player on the park in a Celtic jersey night was Christie. for me. And <coughs> I just, I don't know what, he <coughs> just looked like the same player we had last season, the night, and that that was a bit worrying.
0: I have to be honest with you, I thought Christie looked a bit more greedy than he was in previous games. It looked like he was playing, not for himself, but as Anthony alluded to, there was... Times he, ha- he had the ball, he could have played the likes of Montgomery and down the left yep. or a batter down the right, and he didn't take that opportunity. So, I'm actually kind of thinking you brought that up because I was going to say it, but I don't know how you guys would react to it <laughs> after all his performances. But coming to yourself, Francis, in regards to the keeper, Joe Hart, I wonder what people would have said if Barkas made that mistake. What do you think would have happened? The, the word would have just ended, wouldn't it? You are but, having a laugh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But, Francis, what, what was your take from the game?
3: Well, to answer your question, everybody would have been at, uh, Don't answer on, the Bar- Ka- on Barkas's uh, case, but then Barkas was making these—not maybe not as blatant—but Barkas was making errors every game he played. This is Joe Hart's first real error, massive error that's led to, him, and it's led to a goal. But you could then say Stephen Wells should have dealt with a header. He should have maybe headed it, but again, he, as I say, Joe Hart—he sees it all the way. So he should, after Stephen Wells makes the error. Joe Hart should then clear it, and by all accounts, everybody has slated Joe Hart for the error, so you can't say we're letting him off lightly, but then he, he, come, he recovers from that to make big saves, and uh, punches the ball out, comes and tries to clear his lines and collect crosses, so I don't believe Abarkas or Bain has the courage to do that, he's he stood up, he realised he's made a mistake, but he's not, sort of went in his shell, he's, he's tried to play through it, and... By accounts, did similar to Starfield. I thought like he, for Starfield, the goal, the long goal. I thought defensively, he actually got himself into a good position to deal with the cross. He's seen it all the way, and just in a big air swipe and totally missed the ball. And it obviously, it gets a wee bit unlocking and goes a goal. But when you, you swing a bit like that, it's you can't expect something like that to happen. But I felt like it's the second half. he grew into the game a wee bit. He had a better game, and I actually think he's better when he's it's, it's not got much time to think about it he's more he's better at defending and this ball playing defender which surprised me because I think his stats before he came here was pretty decent for a ball playing defender but I, th- I actually think he's better just being a an out and out defender if you like but yeah there was like, Christie as well I don't think he had his best game but there was there was not many that were actually brilliant Altmar in fairness didn't allow us to be, to be good we only really had we, sh- we struggled in the first half to really get a a grip of the game after after the, the first goal. I thought that kind of knocked the stuff in. It. it was a wee bit and felt maybe we could have went a wee bit longer at times just to try and stretch the game, maybe play off the second yeah. ball. I know that's not Postacoglu's way, but sometimes you just need to change your style within the game. And then we obviously managed to get to get to half-time in that regroup. For the first five minutes we didn't really got off to a great start, but I think for the next sort 10-15 of minutes we played well. And I think that was the spells were obviously in the final third where we had chances to slip, play that extra pass that would have gave the other person the better chance of scoring, but guys were maybe taking the shot on early and stuff. So, yeah, it was, I think as it was out where we a better team and we are in Stirling early dose of this transition. It's just, it has been really good up until sort of tonight, I feel like, but you will have these type of performances coming in there. And, but then they would rather have a performance like and still end up in the Europa League. So all in all, I don't think he can really. I think the fact that we've uh, qualified for the Europa League game, you'll get away with kind of tonight's performances. If I feel like,
0: yeah, I, I get what you, mean. And you look at it as well, Francis. Obviously, in the game, like you said that Alkmaar didn't have really give us a chance to be good or play the way we. We used to play under, well, we were used to playing under Posta Coglu. What I noticed with their game was, it was high press and intensity the full 90 minutes. I don't mm-hmm. think Celtic are quite up to that fitness standard yet. I know they've only played two games, but what I mean by that is, in terms of the whole 90 minutes we're pressing, we're attacking, we're not quite there yet. I know we've seen it in previous games in the SPL, but let's be honest, this is a bigger level in terms of what we will play in the SPL. that Alkmaar are by far the best team we've played this season, Ross. And, Touching upon the two goals we conceded, what I've seen, and Francis made a great point, the first goal especially, knocked the stuffing out of Celtic. It seemed like the heads went down a wee bit. They got a wee bit complacent with their play. Their their passing wasn't crisp. Everything was kind of going to shit, basically. Do you think that's a a wee bit of concern? Because last season we've seen that lots, especially under Neil Lennon, when we conceded a goal, the the heads dropped. Do you think that's a concern? It's kind of still there a wee bit?
4: I, well it's definitely a concern because but it's it's just it seems to be the Celtic way away for home in, in Europe no matter who the manager is or what the style of play is it, if they lose a goal the, the, the sort of panic sets in and they, they just get put under real pressure and they, they, they get nervous and they don't know how to deal with it but I mean that, go, that first goal just, just lets them Back and the, the tie's totally under control, and then there's just a, a culmination of a Welsh mistake and a heart mistake, and it just puts us under real pressure. And then we, we as you say, we revert back into the the Celtic way, uh, just like nervousness. And don't get me wrong, there there was nervousness in there, but Altmar, you have to give them credit that the. the, the how, the the press that they played was similar to what we've been doing to teams in Scotland this season, and you touched on it like that. That's the best team out with well, certainly in a competitive game. That's the best team we've played against this season. Uh, I would say that West Ham were a very good team that we played against, and the friendlies. Obviously, we, we were a bit earlier in the, the line then but uh, I, I, I think that you have to credit Altmer uh, for the way they pressed us tonight, but at, at the same time, you have to look at Celtic and say, well, and the, they said it in commentary umpteen times a night, so although I'm sort of regurgitating what uh, the guys have said on the commentary, you have to, I think Franny touching it there as well, you have to sort of play the game as well and, Although Celtic wanted to play the passing game and all the rest of it, you have to like go long sometimes. That that playing it short all the time, it was playing into the Altmar hands. Uh, they, they wanted us to play like that. They'd set up for us to play like that. And they pressed us, and they put us under pressure. And the defence was found wanting at times. Uh, and don't get me wrong, they were found wanting two glaring mistakes that cost us goals, but in the context of the game, I thought we defended not well, slightly desperate uh, uh, not desperately at times, but like we put bodies on the line. You, you have to credit our defence for that. But there is, there is, you can see that we need to, we need to help in there. It, it, for me, Starfield, uh, that everybody says he needs time and all the rest of it. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen enough now to be honest with you. That I'm just like, I, I don't think, like personally, going forward when Julian's fit, I think that Welsh is the choice before Starfield. But uh, I I thought a uh, sort of he should have been on beforehand, but well before he was. But I thought that Edward made a difference, certainly in the mm. middle part of the second half. I thought he made a big difference. We were saying it in the chat. We needed him to come on eh, and just sort of make things stick a bit and take the pressure off the defence. Eh, and I had said in previous podcasts that maybe going forward in in European games against like better opposition, if you like, eh, I thought that maybe an Ayete or an Edward would be a better bet through the middle than Kyogo and that's no slant on him by the way because he, he gets his goal tonight again early in the game that drive and run links up with Abada again but I just think when you're under pressure like that and you know you're going to be under pressure like that before a ball's kicked by the way I just think an Edward even a Yeti, a push is a better option sort of through the middle just to just get the ball up there you don't need to play football all the time just get up there Get the guy to hod it in and bring guys into play and relieve the pressure. Because that's what was needed in that first half. And we were really, really struggling. And even in the first 15 minutes until Edward was brought on, we were struggling again. And they did run out of steam a wee bit. But definitely, I think going forward against better opposition, we need an Edward or someday that elk through the middle rather than Kyle go, but keep him on the park out wide for his pace. Yeah, and I think it's, in terms of, obviously, the target
0: man thing, I think Pasta made it clear in all his press conferences, and we've all praised him for it, that he wants to stick to the way he wants to play. But again, you can understand why you need to change things, because you've seen Alkmaar, they, they had us over the top countless times, and they were getting in, obviously because of our high line, and that's the way Pasta likes to play, that kind of system. And you can see see where it's going to fall down in places. And it kind of obviously comes back to the whole thing. We need to score more than I do. But you touched upon Carr Starfelt there, Ross. And it's quite interesting. We spoke about this in the last podcast. And i seen a comment on one of the the socials saying, what about these players who have started well? We're not kind of saying, give them time, blah, blah, blah. But the players here are bad. It's like, give them time to settle in. Now, I'll come to yourself, John, first about Starfelt. In my opinion, I said it there at the start, he looks slow, he looks laboured, he looks uncomposed, he doesn't even look like he can play a pass properly. And at the moment, I'll be harsh and I'll say he doesn't justify the transfer fee we paid for him. Now, I did allude to the fact that he does command the area well in the box, but anything outside that, he's like Bambi on ice. Have you seen anything from him going forward that you can think he can settle in and be a player for us, like in terms of a star player? Or do you think he's going to be like a squad player when Julian comes back?
1: It's difficult to say, don't know. I mean, and, and I'll defend what I says uh, a couple of episodes ago when, when I was pretty much made the exact same point. And it was on the back of that gain them time, etc. This is a style that he, that everybody within this team uh, needs to get used to. And you're asking a lot of the defensive guys. Uh, your left back and right back are being asked to move in field. And out of position and play with a high line. Your defenders are then having to cover the back. And that that can be daunting for a defender. I suspect that that it's something that uh, Welsh is... Uh, he's still adjusting. You've seen the mistake tonight when they the, the, for their first goal. Um, and felt as well. Like, I mean, barring his mistake, there was a couple of moments where he kind of flapped a bit. But again, uh, it, that seemed to happen when he's under pressure. Uh, he seems to be under pressure when they get the ball through. Uh, and he's, he's having to defend uh, and make decisions quickly because he's being pressed. Um, that's something that he's either going to need to get over quickly and start dealing with, or it's something that he's not. Um, it, it's still very early days, and I still think he deserves time to, to adjust because, like I say, it's it's a, it's a completely new system. And all the guys in that team, and the, the night proved it, are, are still look a bit... I mean, it's alright when we're, we're, we're bigging the team up and the way we're playing when we're playing at St Mirren eh, or or whoever, Ross County or all these kind of teams and you're like right okay, Dundee St Mirren, it's like we're scoring a barrel of the goals and when we come up against these other teams, you're not going to get away with that against higher level opposition and th- you seen the night that the, uh, not just Starfield by the way, a lot of players were found wanting and looked a bit shaky when they were pressed so I think it's very it's hard it's what's the word i'm looking for i think it's unfair to be so critical you start felt at the minute because like i says everybody still need to adjust to this style of football um, and as i said before you made a very good point about somebody mentioning it on the socials um for all the other guys that have been playing well you're no pointing out any of their mistakes because they're doing things right um but you're we're very quick and to jump on somebody when they make one mistake i saw somebody after that first goal eh? made five mistakes right but he also made a few uh, about five good tackles the point I'm trying to make is is it's easy as a fan to focus on the errors as as I said I saw somebody like I was I was just flitting through Facebook after the first goal and I saw one Celtic fan calling for Joe Hart to pack his bags and get like Ah, this is that's how I but this is what I mean this is how fickle it is for fans, we, we're, we are as Celtic, we, we demand the absolute best for our players, and we expect the player when they play for Celtic to be playing for the jersey. We expect so much for them. We expect them to hit the ground running, and we expect them to be, to be um, living up to their transfer fee or whatever the case may be, whatever status they come in with right after the bat. Um, nobody's taking into consideration about the, the new environment, the new country, the new style of football, the fact that it's still very early days and against a much higher level of competition, and they're just saying, he made a mistake, he should go. And I think that's extremely harsh, I think that's unfair. Yeah. Um, if, 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 let's just say, Starfield continues to make mistakes like that against Ross County, Livingston, and he's doing it regularly in the SPL against much lower level opposition, but then I been- he, he can... Well he's not really Like I said just
3: gave him a, a penalty and all
1: that uh, For large portions of the games He's actually been He's been better than he has been worse
4: I, I, agree, I agree that he, he's done well Defensively Like defending his box and stuff But he's cost And by the way I'm not saying that he'll no day for Celtic No, no at all But I'm sort of Counting what you're saying He's he's made Glaring mistakes that have cost his My pay. But as he played six or seven appearances, and he's made five glaring, either goal-scoring opportunities or goal goals scored against us. I'm not it. saying
1: they should be completely ignored he by
4: the way, but no, I, know, I know. I'm just saying you can't ignore that. But he has, he has done good defensively as well. Uh, but he has as shot far as positives for me, agree with Franny though, he, as a ball-playing centre half. I don't know man he, he played a lot of passes that went behind Welsh and put uh, him under pressure the night for no reason and I was just like just play any feet man just, just play, play any... hot. give the young aye. but give the young guy a chance you're supposed to be the senior player here and you're putting the man under pressure it's no clearing mistakes it's passing it's like across the back line it's for me as well, that's annoying me.
1: No, I get that. Can I also just say then? I mean, I'm going to use Kalmak as an example here, right? He there was a, he made a lo- quite a few wayward passes tonight as well, and for me, he he didn't have a particularly great game. And as your right. captain, you, when when we needed it, you needed your captain to be stepping in there, trying to get these <sighs> players up and 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 try to get them settled. And he was He was non-existent for me tonight. Um, does that mean that we're jumping and saying, he, "Nah, he's he made a few mistakes, etc." I mean, we, be, we're effort. guilty then. No, but what I'm saying is, is that if we're going to be pointing at mistakes, then we need to be consistent. <clears throat> I think,
0: well, I think the Mag thing, the Starfelt's a, a drastic kind of thing to bring up
1: there. But I'm not comparing like, the. Back, no, 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 no. don't. I'm not in any fucking way comparing the two's performances tonight. And as I said. I'm, I'm just using Kalmaka as an example. As the captain, he's the guy you're expecting to lead the team, get them settled. Did, did you Do you recall him at any point during that game? Did you see him at one point his, get, getting his players chatted to talk to them, getting them settled? I didn't see any of that. Did he make mistakes tonight? He did. He made quite a few. He lost the ball quite a few times, which led to them getting the break on us when they were pressing us. So, I mean, what the point I'm making is if you're going to be critical... Right, okay, Staffelt made a stupid mistake which led to a goal, right? I don't know what the hell he was doing. There was a couple of other issues where, like Ross pointed out, where his passing was a, a bit off and you, you don't need that. You might have to play, just play it to feet. But at the same time, he did a lot of things defensively the night that were, were good and you couldn't see there was a defender there. But I'm saying if you're going to just point the finger, we need to you need to point the finger at everybody in the team because they all made mistakes the night.
0: And, the, I know, and I know and I referred to it at the start of the show before we started recording as a shambles and it was a shambles but I, I genuinely thought I had my Facebook status set as private about the Joe Hart thing don't be letting that get out there John by the way
3: said, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> joking.
0: But come your come your yourself Anthony I think John made a, a great point in terms of uh, the level of opposition and players were found wanting I thought Ralston found his level I thought he was terrible tonight star were touched upon he was shaky, he was terrible for me and John's right. Uh, Cal McGregor didn't have his greatest game this season. Right up to Abada, he was kind of non-existent as well. Christy, do you think these players have a lot of a lot of improving to do if we're going to compete in the group stages? Anthony, I think
2: I think it's just been one of those nights. Um, we spoke about it on Monday night. Uh, Stephen, two 0 is actually one of the probably the worst advantage you can take going over some I know they've got rid of the away goal rule now, but it is which in a way can almost add to the, the, the issue. Um, there was a lot of nervousness out there tonight, I think. Um, a lot of players perhaps overthinking things, maybe just delaying their pass a few seconds too late. Or, or like we say, um, as Ross touched on as well, perhaps Starfield playing the ball f- too far behind Welsh and putting uh, the back four under sort of needless pressure. I, I don't think, Really, any of them were terrible, though. I, I I think they, whilst they made poor decisions at certain points in the game, I do think, like I said at the at the start, I do think a lot of them rallied. I, I thought there was lots of um, you know sort of brave tackles, etc., being made. I just think the decision making on the night, given what was at stake, uh, perhaps played a part. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think that. But again, this team's going to improve. You know, the the group stage won't begin now for um, a few weeks. Um, so that's another few weeks. I know that a lot of them will be going off on their international uh, call-ups, but that's another few weeks down the line. I would imagine there will be uh undertaking in the transfer market these uh, last couple of days. Uh, Ange Postacoglu sort of alluded to as much in the build-up to the game. So I would expect, um, like I say, of course, the, the pit, uh, there's a lot of teams in the in the group that, or, or the the tournament that, could do us real damage if we don't learn the lessons of tonight. I totally agree with that. Um, but by the same token, I think we are a right good side as well. Um, and I think we'll cause a lot of problems uh, for teams in the tournament as well. Uh, we've got a lot of different options that we can do, especially if Edward and Christie uh stay, if they're not moved on. Um, Ross has touched on you know the potential to perhaps play a Yeti away from home and, and you know things like that. So we've got a lot of options. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward now for the the draw to be made and and see what's what going forward. Well,
0: when I say terrible, what I mean is, I mean they were terrible in my opinion. But I think Ralston he found his level. I think the ceiling for him was Altmore. He just looked out of it the whole game. Uh, Starfield, as I said, and come come to yourself, Ross. Obviously, there's another player, Tom Rosig. Now the game passed him by. And the camera went to him in the 30th minute, and he looked knackered. He looked done in. Do you think playing continuous amount of games for Rogic is kind of kind of putting him back a wee bit instead of dipping him in and out, or what do you think going forward? they should do with him.
4: I don't. I don't think it's a continuous amount of games. Uh, I think that that, that game the night we Altmar set it up the way they played, it wasn't a game for Tom Rogic. It was a game because Celtic were. Tom Rogic is good for Celtic when. They're dominating teams and they're on the front foot. That the night was a game for possibly a sorrow. I know that, um, uh, what do you call him? McCarthy wasn't available tonight? going forward. It might be a game for somebody like him. That game the night wasn't for a Tom Rogic. Ange Postacoglu knows football better than me. But for me, that game the night was, was a game to maybe play a sorrow, to maybe play... Again, he wasn't available but McCarthy, but something like that. A bit more reserved. We we can't we can't go and dominate teams like that at their own park. Way yeah. Tom Rogers at Dullard Park. He he's he's a number ten and he's very effective when we're dominating teams, but when we're not dominating teams, the game bypasses him, like you said. And I agree with you on Ralston to to an extent as to he was found wanting the night that that guy in the the left hand side had been beating him all night, and my heart was my, my heart was in my mouth a lot of the game. Uh, but I'm loath to criticise him totally because of uh, what he's done for his so far at the start of the season, and I don't want to totally write him off. But I'm really glad that we've got Juranovic in and. Uh, If he can prove to be better than Ralston, then in you come and and do a job for Celtic. But at the moment, Ralston is doing really well for Celtic, but tonight he was found one. eh, And certainly, I'm not saying that Juranovic is a better player than him, because I don't know that yet, but I'm glad that we've got somebody else in there. eh, And we've got another option, because tonight he, he looked... The Ralston, no, he old. That's harsh, but he, he did. He was found wanting a lot tonight. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I don't think anybody could disagree with that.
1: No, can I, I just say you... something as well? Because I want to just touch on what you mentioned, Stephen. Just when you came to Ross about that question, and this is something I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what you or everybody thinks. Right, when you you said there Ross about Ralston was found wanting. Um, a lot of the guys tonight in that Celtic team looked half the pace. Uh, there were there were a yard after the pace. they were slow to move, uh, in a lot of, of instances. And one thing to consider, and this is, a, I mean, this is entirely plausible as well, is fatigue. And is, was that starting to set in? Because you look at the way we've been playing and how relentlessly we've been pressing teams uh, in Scotland. Um, and then it's like you've come to that. You've just had another game, a dominating game the weekend. You've come in to this game. The night is like, mus like fatigue is a thing. It's, it's a genuine thing. It happens. Muscle fatigue is a thing. It's like, do you guys reckon that that could have potentially? Because see the way I think about it and the way how lethargic some of the guys looked, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the case. Nah, not for me. So like, not for me. We played
3: like played seven games or something this season. can I be claiming <laughs> fatigue already. Yeah.
1: Oh, you yeah. can absolutely can.
3: Nah, I just think we came up against a good team. But, but
1: speak, just, really speak, if you speak to
3: any any athlete, athlete. How can I don't know? How can you dis- Like you ask me a question, and I'll give no, you. I'm, no, I'm, I'm,
1: it's what you said I'm not, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. See if you don't agree that it's fatigue, that's fine. But see, right. to come at me with some shit like it's only seven games into the season. Or oh, sorry, is it eight games? It. Like no, the, the well, how, how many games? Is played, is that? That's well, irrelevant. Many games as well. Re- how is it? It's not relevant. It is irrelevant. If it's twenty odd games, thirty odd games, I would say. I would say, yeah, uh, you've got an uh, uh, answer. Fatigue can set in after three games, four games. If you're playing relentlessly in the way we've been playing for seven or eight games, fatigue is enti- uh, uh, extremely plausible, entirely yeah. plausible. And you speak would, to any sort of modern day athletes. I don't believe it is. People do, don't, don't
4: believe even play knife that. I would find really used at that intensity, but uh, f- fatigue, I, I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. But for me, that's early in the season. I think, I think that's that's playing I into mean, the the managers when they say, "Oh, there's too many games and too, there's no enough turnaround." And nah, no for me. I mean, if Celtic are fatigued after
0: seven games. There's something wrong. I, I, just, I mean, it's been seven games into the season. Granted, we're playing unbelievable football, high press and stuff. But I'm sure the sports the sports fans guys know more than us. And if they're fatigued. They would have been switched around and rotated because we know Posta Coglu isn't afraid to make changes. But coming to yourself, Francis, here, just to obviously end this bit of the show, is there any other players that kind of stood out for yourself in terms of their performance or what they could have done better? Or even looking back in hindsight, who would you have started to kind of supplement their high press?
3: I think it, obviously the benefit of hindsight could have maybe started like an Edward up front and put a little well, Bum Christian in the middle and Kyle go out like the first substitution he made. Well, First tactical, and obviously the Taylor one was forced upon him, or like Ross touched on, maybe a sorrow in there just to try and try and kind of sort of be a wee, slightly more defensive and stuff. So, yeah, benefit of hindsight, I, I under like I would have maybe went with day type of decisions, but going the way we've been playing, you kind of couldn't argue with the starting lineup. It was the same team that played Altmar off the park for large spells of the game in the home leg and stuff. So, I kind of I understood. I kind of didn't have an issue with that. I Just I just feel like we came up, if ag- we came up against a good team away from home in Europe, who had a lot to play for there. Similarly, their their seasons a bit as maybe riding on on that game, and that uh, it's not going to make or break the season, but it has it, got to be good for confidence if you can make it into the Europa League. I just feel like we came up against a good team that was bang on it from from the the minute they kicked off and stuff and. It just didn't really give us. They gave us no time on the ball. They pressed as well, and yeah, it was just. I think nearly every Celtic player struggled for the in the main just to to deal with that high press. We, we just kind of got a bit of a taste of the own medicine. So, yeah, I'm not reading too much in it in the terms of like I know like if I go back at like I'm not reading too much in it. Like I don't think it is fatigue. It's uh and like what you pick out performances and stuff like that, individual players. It's I just think we came up against a good team the night, Stephen. That'll not be the first time it'll happen this year this season.
0: Yep. I mean I totally agree with you. And as Anthony said, it's two two or so weeks to the Europa League group stage starts. So hopefully in between that time we can strengthen the squad and get better with certain methods we yeah. possibly trying to get across. But what we're gonna do now is turn our attention to the Glasgow Derby game coming up on Sunday away from home. Now our league form, Cup form has been excellent. Obviously, we're going to do this game on the back of a defeat, but on the other half of the city for Rangers, they've had some COVID outbreaks, some issues in regards to that. I still don't really know who's in, who's playing, who's out, who's affected by this. And to be honest, I haven't really been really paying attention to it because it couldn't give two flan, you know what I mean? But yeah. coming to yourself, Ross here, now <laughs> about this game coming up, how are you feeling towards it? It's the first one of the season. For me personally, I'm getting confident. I think we can do some damage, but... In regards to the whole COVID thing, are you any clued up on who's out or who's in?
4: No, I, I'm not, and it's actually boiling my blood uh, that, like, they have. There's not. I think there's one person in the media actually came at them and said, "Confirm who the cases are. Why there was cases. I know it's a bit different for fa- last season in terms of." Uh, people being jabbed and all the rest of it, but like, sur- surely somebody has we, we were sitting there and we had to find out, like who was the cases by who wasn't on the plane like, <laughs> how have they you know, been asked to just divulge who it is, who it isn't and we're still sitting here like, after their tie the night, and we don't know who's going to be available for them going into Sunday because Gary McAllister says, like, I, I don't know the exact quote, but there's ways around it, uh, like, because of how things are now. So, for me, I won't be surprised that if they've got their full quotation available for Sunday. And for me, I didn't look into conspiracy theories and all the rest of it, but for me, it's it's just smacks a absolute bias for the media. And I'm not saying the referees are going to be like that, but it's it's absolutely appalling uh, the way that Celtic have been treated last season, regardless of how it is now and how it was then, to now how they're being treated by the media, by the way. Nobody else but the media. The media ask the questions and they're not asking the questions. And that's the spot thing on. that annoys mm. me. That's the absolutely thing Absolutely spot on. And
1: by the but, way, Ross... It's not the first time either this year. Aye. Or the, well, then last year, remember the, there was a couple of house parties. There was people claimed that photos mm-hmm. were circulating on our Twitter. Their names never came up. Their names like nothing. There was nothing ever said about it. Aye.
4: So, uh, but I mean, aye. That it's it's glaring for me now. Like it, certainly in a media aspect, I'm not saying anything about referees or on the playing field or that. But and from a media standpoint, it is absolutely unbelievable the bias towards him against us and I don't care what MDS, MDS, people can laugh at me and like maybe there's the odd Rangers fan that will listen to this and they'll laugh at me I don't care, I, I'm saying it how it is and it's there to see for everybody but anyway as regards the game eh, I was very, I, I was supremely confident going into it before the Knights game but the Knights, as we've all touched on, is showing sort of weaknesses. But I don't think Rangers are as good a team as Altmar were the night. I don't think they are. Uh, no. I think that uh, Mitchell weren't as good a team as what Altmar were. And I think if we met Michelin now, we would have wiped the floor with them. Excuse me. So I think. I don't think Rangers have got the energy in their team to press us like Altmar did, so I think we can press them and I'm confident that we can win that game on Sunday yeah. uh, I, I, I think I think going forward, we'll have too much for them, they won't be able to live with our movement and I know they've had a good defensive record last season and even in the last two European ties against Alish Keir, I think it is. They've had two clean sheets. I don't know much about that team, but I just think that there's no way that Celtic are going to get Ibrox on Sunday and not score. So I think Rangers need to score two to beat us, but I think we'll score more than one. So I'm I'm confident going into Sunday.
0: Yeah, it's all the makings of a, of a tasty Derby game anyway, coming up. but in regards to what you were saying there about obviously the COVID thing, and we've seen what happened when Celtic went to Dubai and we all agreed that they shouldn't have done it. I mean, but Julian was deemed close contacts of everyone in the Celtic squad and they all had they all had to isolate for like two weeks and all this and you see it and it is biased. I'll call it too Ross, I can see it. Everyone can see it in the media. Don't question certain clubs about their COVID regulations or COVID issues and you look at our Francis as well and it's a bit like, why is one club being held the account over something and the other club isn't? And it's just a, it's, it's it's madness and you, you go into the game on Sunday and as Ross said, you still don't have a clue who's available or who's not, and you have their coats come out saying there's ways around it. It's pure madness, isn't
3: it? Uh as madness and like you said, I don't want to go down the conspiracy route or anything like that, but I find it interesting that Rangers never had one positive case in last season. The only team in Britain not to have a positive case apart from Hillander that was uh, from when it was in international duty then UEFA bring in compulsory like UEFA do the testing for their competitions and suddenly they've got an outbreak. But we don't mm-hmm. we don't actually know who's tested positive and who's uh, the close contact. So I just like you say, I don't know why the media aren't even just just ask just ask the question. Rangers don't Rangers, whoever's been put forward from Rangers don't need to answer that question. But just at least ask it. At least that's because I think. I mean, Anthony might be able to tell us better, but I think the way they get round it, I feel like I think with the way the rules are, if you're deemed as a close contact, if you return a negative PCR test, I think that allows you to then play in the next up and coming game. Obviously, if you're the one that's uh, got the virus, you'll you'll still be isolating for the 10 or 14 days, whatever it is. But I think that's how we c- they can get guys back. But as we don't know who. Or how many I've actually tested positive? We don't know who is actually deemed. Dis- we don't know who's close contact. So, I mean, I just taking a wee note. Just when you were talking, the the names that I know weren't there were Gerard McGregor, McLaughlin, Tavernier, Kent, Bassey, Scott Wright. Are all all went on that flight now? As one of them, or are all of them tested positive? One of one of them's got to have tested positive, but which one is it? That's it, it, probably my, We'll probably get told it was McLaughlin because he's the second choice goalkeeper, and then everybody yes. else will be a close contact, and they can make guaranteed. it guaranteed. Um, Lundström and Roof also yes. went on the flight, but that was actually they were they were suspended, so that's possible why they weren't there. But I wouldn't be surprised if I think we've just got to prepare for every one of the players being available for Sunday, then just take it from there. I don't I don't know the legalities if you need to disclose. Who was tested positive? I, I, I really don't know. I'm assuming I'm assuming you don't if it's not being brought up. But going into the game and stuff, I think I'm I, I'm confident going into it. Just simply, I, just, I don't see us not scoring going into any game. Even tonight coming against a good team, we, we actually still scored. The amount of chances we create, we might not create the 30-odd that we've been doing, but I still believe we'll create a lot of chances. And You've seen Kyogo, he's, he's clinical, a badder although he seems to hit the worst shot in history, still seems to score goals. And then I just, I, I can't see us not scoring. Granted, obviously, defensively, we still look a wee bit shaky and maybe Rangers will expose that, but a lot will come down to, I, don't know, I know we shouldn't really look into the Rangers team, but you'll need to look, like, their game tonight, the, the fact that they need to travel back from Armenia maybe have an impact how many if any of these players are going to make it because if McGregor or McLaughlin don't play that's that's your, two, your number one and number two keeper not there if Gerrard's not there it's a big thing Taverner by all accounts has not had a great start it's still their captain not there Ryan Kent's another one that's not had a great start but he seems to always play well against Rangers so if they're missing the types of players it's it should be a big boost it should give the players a boost to go look there they're missing some key players, they'll still be able to put out a relatively strong squad, but, yeah, just, I think the way we're playing, we've got to have some level of confidence going into the game, but, also like Ross just touched on as well, the, the fact that Alkmaar showed that if you press as weight, there is, there is weaknesses there, but, also, like Ross said, I I don't think Rangers are as fit a team as Alkmaar, so I just, I believe we'll create chances, and I just, I, I can't see us not scoring in any game. So, I, I was a lot, like Ross, I was a lot more confident than I was after seeing the Knights game. But maybe ask me that. Maybe ask me that question again on Saturday, just when the dust might be settled for the Knights performance. And I might be slightly slightly more confident.
0: <laughs> that's fair enough. And I, I just may have heard at the, the start of the show there. Our re- show, regular Anthony, has been tested positive for COVID. We all wishing you well, buddy. All wishing you a great recovery from that. But coming to yourself, Thanks, Anthony. Come to yourself, Anthony, in regards to the whole build-up to this Derby game, on the back of this defeat in Europe, all their issues with Covid, and as the guys are saying, it's like, what is going on there? Because nobody knows, no one has the, the questions or answers, and when Celtic were involved in that type of situation, everything had to be printed. Who was involved, what players were left out, it was everywhere. And then, regards to the game itself, how are you feeling then to it?
2: Uh, going into the match, I, I don't it's sort of. I mean, obviously they'll have the the home advantage, full crowd, um, it, which will obviously give them, uh, you know, a big lift uh, going into it. But at the end of it, I think um, Ange Postacoglu has drummed into this team almost like a tunnel vision and block everything else out and go and do their business on the park. I think. I, of course, you've got to have levels of respect in terms of we know that they do have attacking threats on the pitch. I think we we have to be sort of you know sort of humble enough to appreciate that. But by the same point, if if you look at our team, it, I think it's stronger even in defence. I, I think going for at the back, provided we stick to our guns and don't allow the mistakes that happened tonight to happen, I think we're more than capable of nulling their threats. And as we've said. Several times over the last few weeks, uh, in terms of going forward, we have such a range of attacking options that even if how we start the game isn't working, we've got options that we can that we can change it about. Um, uh, you know, I, I never like to be, you know, acting like Conor McGregor um, before a game against Rangers because, as we've seen so often recently with Conor McGregor, funnily enough, that's uh, a, you very much can you can very easily end up with egg on your face. Um, to answer am I confident for going to the game. I'm as confident as I could ever expect to be going into a a, a game at Ibrox. I, I think we're more than capable. Um if, if if somebody was to, you know, put me to sleep tonight and I didn't wake up till Monday and I woke up and was told that Celtic won the game, it would not come as a shock or a surprise. I think we are more than and uh, and, and doing the business. Um in terms of the, the build up Stephen, yeah, I mean it's been the, the latest in a long line of um complete Nonsense from, like you say, the the lack of scrutiny from our fourth estate and a football club that has consistently treated this pandemic as if it's um, beneath them, quite frankly. Um, the, uh, funnily enough, like as Ross was sort of saying in the group chat about um, the media not asking the questions, um, our friend of the show, uh, Mr James P, did ask the question, as did um, one of uh, the other prominent bloggers, uh, Phil Mack um he actually as a journalist in ireland po- points the question to uefa in terms of the armenian um authorities what their sort of rules were with covid compared to ours now francis you were actually correct provided you are a close contact but if you have a negative pcr result um you would be eligible to play in the game but i don't we can't dispute that and we don't but like we say we don't know who's even tested positive yet in this Rangers team nobody's asking the question and sorry just to finish what I was saying there about James and, and, and uh, Phil there is what they found out was there is no sort of way of auditing whether or not a club is essentially doing their, uh, their testing protocols properly um, they basically say that James asked the question uh, to the authorities, um, and he, he put it up on on his findings yesterday, I, I, I would urge everyone to read the article, basically the response he got was one of shock, as if they say, well, why would any club mislead the governing bodies on how their their testing results do? So they're essentially relying on the good nature of these fo- uh, football clubs to be honest about them about how they're going about their, um, their, their, their testing protocols. So, you know, let's just say that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> that when, for a full season, like, like, Stephen, uh, as was have alluded to, that they didn't have one positive case, despite the fact, you know, Scott Arfield must be the only football player in history whose own teammates <laughs> didn't turn up to his own birthday party. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, let's just say it's interesting that the minute they had a they, they have a fly-out a, a match in a country where it's very, very strict protocols that there's suddenly a bit of an outbreak, all I'll say is it's interesting but Angel will have all that blocked out, we'll be prepping for a full strength team, we can go and do the business I'm very confident in that.
0: Definitely man. Well, definitely agree with everything you said there, what, what about yourself John in terms of obviously what the guys were saying there in regards to all the, the build up, the issues around Covid the regulations, non-scrutiny of certain things and then obviously on the back of the fight are you confident going into the game that we can kind of take it to them?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I agree with all the guys there in regards to the whole COVID thing. I fully back with Ross and that was saying what you guys are saying, uh, the the lack of clarity uh, for the club itself, because I feel like any club where there's an outbreak, uh, they've a duty of care to every other club within Scotland to ensure that there's full disclosure about any players that have contracted it, and those individuals should be named right off the bat. Um, In terms of media scrutiny, I'm not going to say much about the media. You know how I feel about the media, <laughs> uh, and it doesn't yeah. at all surprise me. So I'll move on for that. In terms of the confidence going into the game, um, uh, yeah, I mean I, I'm, I'm as confident as I can be. Uh, I'm, I'm fully expecting them to feel the strongest team possible against us. I don't want any excuses when we scud them. The, as far as I'm concerned, um, this I think what Rangers fans especially maybe not the club at large, but fans especially. Um, at the start of the season, we met, when we hired Ange, we laughing and making jokes. We've all seen the, the, the posts with Rangers fans that we know. Um, and I think they weren't expecting what's happened to, the, to us in terms of the tournament. Uh, Rangers haven't really progressed or improved much for last year. If anything, they've regressed. Um, when they played us during games last year, we didn't win any of them but they were very fortunate to win some uh, and i thought that as shite as we were last season we still get we still took the game with them uh, and i think they're in for a fright come sunday because uh, it's got it's a completely different animal they're up against i don't think they're going to be expecting or be able to handle or know how to deal with uh the pressing uh, I fully expect them to be trying to kick lumps out of kyogo because they're not going to be able to stop them I um, and he's just going to give the boys fits um, and, and and as as you said, I think that Angie's mantra I will score more. Uh, is definitely going to be in play, uh, and I think we're we're definitely in line for scoring at least two or three. Uh, and I can't see them scoring four. So I'm I'm confident that we'll come away. We might concede uh, when they surprise me. Um, but despite the the performance tonight, if if everybody's got the heat screwed on, and they show up and we play like we've been playing, then it could be potentially embarrassing for them.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I hope so. <laughs> and on on Francis's big yawn, now we'll do some score predictions. Come in, I, your... I
3: thought I got caught
0: there. <laughs> Come in, John first. Your score predictions and your goal scores.
1: Uh, I'm going to go three one. Um I think that Ange is probably going to start Kyogo and Eddie, so I'm going to get the two on the score sheet. Um, two for Kyogo, Edward for one, uh, and I think it's going to be three uh, one. If oh, if let's just say though that's on the premise that they've got the full strongest team possible if they play the same team they played against Alice Keir the night we're scoring six
0: Oof. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: What
0: about, what about yourself Francis
3: uh, I've got the, sa- the same scoreline and uh, I actually wrote out a team but clearly you're not caring about that but uh, I've went for my goalscorers Edward Kyogo and Abada because I think they, they'll start their three up front
2: no problem and yourself Anthony I'm going to go confident, uh, Stephen. I'll say three-one Celtic. Uh, I'll take two for Kyogo, and uh, I quite know I'm going to go for one for the captain as well on his first day game. At Ibrox as as captain. I'll say McGregor will get the third.
0: So far, we've all had three-one here predicted.
4: What about yourself, Ross? Anything different? I was I was going to say three-one.
3: <laughs> well, say it then. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's quite- Pretend I wasn't going to? No, I think 3-1 as well. And I'm going to go the same as Franny, Edward, Abada, and Kyogo. the front three. Booming them out. i got to go 3-1 as well. So... I'm oh, going <laughs> to get
0: to the boot. <laughs> yeah. going go go to get, go get Kyogo to get two and Turnbull to get another one. And guys, that brings us to the end of the show. Obviously, this is recorded straight after the Altmar game. So it's technically our ma- match reaction and looking ahead to... The, the Glasgow Derby on Sunday. Have you enjoyed this one?
1: Yeah, it's been good.
2: Man. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's a sort of match reaction, as I say. Looking forward to the group stage draw tomorrow. I'll be watching that from my home since I'm uh, <laughs> you know, still self-isolating. I'll try and get my BT Sport app to work. And then, yeah, buzzing for Sunday. Yeah, I've
4: thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, Honestly, I, I think that we're the 14th best Celtic podcast on the market. <laughs> <laughs> the what? <laughs> the 14th? Easy, man I'm, I'm not being too confident but we're definitely in the top 14 you can't argue <laughs> with that I'm, I'm How many is when 15 I don't know, i am just spitting <laughs> up
0: Well, again, Anthony we all wish you a speedy recovery and stuff from from your yeah, your positive COVID test well, always and to everyone who's listening tell us speak again stay well and keep safe he'll heal